All right, we're about a week away from the start of a what we think will be a magical Illinois basketball season. And uh, all the reasons why, here's another one. Jacob Grandison, now eligible after a sit-out season, could be a bit of an X factor for this team. All right, that's Scott Ritchie, basketball beat writer. He'll weigh in on this year's roster. He'll talk about maybe why the tournament will be played in Indianapolis. And he'll even chime in about recruiting this week's podcast inside of Line of Basketball. We'll be back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Pia Sports Bar and Grill presents Inside Illini Basketball. Pia Sports Bar is the number one Illini sports enthusiast bar in Champaign, hosting bus shuttles to all Illini basketball home games, serving up the best wings, beers, never-ending nachos, and mouth-watering burgers. Come visit Pia Sports Bar and Grill and try our famous Grand Slam Burger while watching your favorite game. Pia Sports Bar and Grill is located at 1609 West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Come be a part of the party at Pia's. Good Monday morning, Scott Ritchie. That's all I got for you. Jeez. You, I mean, can't got your tongue? It's a sunny Monday. I don't know. Basketball season starts in, what, nine days? Yeah, I can't wait. And it, it's actually going to start. There's part of a schedule, at least. Well, there's. we know the things. I, th- I love the idea. Of uh, having a bubble at uh, State Farm Center. Illinois will play, what, Wednesday night, Thursday, and Friday? Is that right? Yeah, they're going to start with North Carolina A&T, which is, uh, as it turns out, a rematch from a year ago. W. By a rather significant margin Right, and they're 1-0. Continue. Um, Then, of course, I don't remember the order off the top of my head, but uh, play Ohio and Wright State as well. Should be W. Sure. 3-0. and But, I mean, Wright State won this Horizon League last year. Mm-hmm. You said Horizon League. Continue. Ohio was... You said Mac. Yeah. I mean, they were, I think, fourth or fifth in their division in the Mac. Mm-hmm. So. Gary Should Trent. Be. Gary Trent's from Ohio, is he not? Well, he's not on the team, right? That's but that's what I think of when I yeah. think or, of the Bobcats. Are they? They are the Bobcats. I thank mean, you. I know my Mac. Don't mess with me, Scott Rich. I'm Jim Rosso, vice president of news, beat writer. When Illinois basketball is really good, Scott Ritchie, our do everything guy, covers basketball. Covers still a little football, although his role has been relegated. Uh, read into it how you will, but Illinois football won. When Richie left the beat last week, Lovey Smith texted me on Sunday, said, keep the Eurekian away. It had nothing to do with the fact that they were playing Rutgers. 
Rutgers isn't bad, Scott Ritchie. I'm, I'm sick and tired of the Rutgers jokes. <laughs> well, I mean, if it was basketball, I wouldn't be making jokes. I'd be driving the bandwagon. Oh, yes, you would. For football, though, I mean, they're not bad. Did you not see what they did to the to Sparty? I saw Michigan State turned it over seven times. Like, that's just basically handing you're the just, game to the opponent. You're hating on Rutgers. How, what a flip-flopper you are. You have this mad love affair with their... Mediocre basketball program, but they're, they're top twenty-five basketball program. Yet when we mention football, you you're hating on them. I mean, did I? Did you watch the game? Like it wasn't particularly good football. I don't. It's a W, Scott Ritchie. Admit okay. it, own it, move on. I was just well. Then it's one win, and so, if you look at the rest of their schedule, and this is just a a factual thing. You got Nebraska, Ohio State, Iowa, Northwestern. Hmm. Yes. Don't know if there's what a win. What are you saying? I don't know if there's a win left in there. Don't. In fact, I'm I'm not sure. Love you. Don't ruin the buzz. Beating any of those teams. Don't ruin the buzz. All right. Let it soak yeah. in. Is there buzz? Like I'm trying. There was a buzz after Saturday. I I sensed victory while roaming Green Street on Saturday night. I actually, drove down Green Street Saturday night. And it felt like they won. That's maybe a, not a good thing. If there were people out on Green Street, like, what the hell are you doing? There were people away out. I just drove down Green Street. There's no, you were so loud. I still felt like they won. Felt like they won. I mean, Isaiah Williams had a great first start. Yeah, I only set a school record. I guess. Yeah. Um. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right, Brian. I'm not Bart. the one that thinks beating a fairly mediocre football team means you're anything better than slightly above mediocre. What I was saying was Brian Barnhart enjoyed his time calling the game over at Bielfeld. I got to see that set up on Friday. Very cool. Sign of things to come. We'll do the same at Nebraska this week. They'll call the game here in Champaign off the video feeds provided by the home team. Scott Ritchie is going to be covering basketball probably this way too. For parts, uh, yeah. Well, want to keep everybody safe, yeah. In, um, in the grand scheme of things, I believe you know that I'll be able to go to State Farm Center for games, and mm-hmm. there's not going to be fans there, so be lots of room to spread <clears throat> us out. Right. I was made aware that Duke is not allowing any other media, save for the TV crew that's right. broadcasting the game. Yeah, I think really in. This is the way of the world, right? You don't want no reason to travel halfway across the country to do what you can do in the comfort and safety of your own closet, if you will, or your living room where you might have a TV to sure to watch the game. Anyway, yeah. So I mean, it's going to be a different type of season, but yeah, I'm crossing my fingers that November 25th I will be there for the in person. It'll be great. For the North Carolina a game. All right. It's Monday morning, as we said. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, he's dead to me. What's <laughs> up with that? Dude, you, you had me convinced he was going to commit to Illinois last week. You were wrong. Don't well, give, don't I think give Illinois me... felt pretty good about his chances, given All the fact right. that he made the trip to Champaign on his own dime right. to see something, I guess, just see Champaign. Um, but he also did the same at Creighton. Whatevs. And picked Creighton. I saw people like, oh, how could you lose a guy to Creighton? And that was me. Just, that wasn't was just me you. Who said that. But Creighton's ranked number 11. Yeah, please. Please, Blue year. Jay Breath. 
don't give me Creighton. All right, there. This is a fairly consistent winner. Yeah, oh boy, I've noticed them in the Final Four a lot lately. That's how I judge programs. Have you seen Illinois in the Final Four? Uh, yeah, two thousand five, buddy. Fifteen years ago. All right, was Creighton in there since? No, no. Please, please, Osmussen, <laughs> save me. I'm just saying, that Creighton like, is a real program thing. I mean, they joined like a. You real know how many le- teams make the Final Four every year? <laughs> yeah, four. I can, <laughs> I'm from Fort Wayne, and I can give you that answer. Yeah, but like, just looking at what Creighton has done. Nope. They have save it one season since 2011 where they didn't win at least 20 games. Wow, just one. They beat Concordia Seward that year. Well, most of that time has been did. spent in the Big East, which is a fairly good basketball conference. No, please, again. I'm just saying, like, people are like up in arms, like, oh, it's Creighton. Well, yeah, Creighton's good. Like, wrap your head around it. And then also, there's lots of angsty tweets from people who are like, Brad Underwood can't recruit. And <laughs> it's like, well, I mean. Yes, there's been a, a run of 2021 recruits that they sort of were, you know, the bridesmaid and not the bride. You know, a runner-up. Mm-hmm. Very John Gross of them to kind of you know be all the way to the end and then not get them. But it's like people forgot that Illinois got Io DeSumo in 2018, then Kofi Coburn in 2019, then Andre Curbelo and Adam Miller in 2020. Right. Seems like they can get some guys. You put back to back to program uh, uh, down years recruiting. That's when it becomes a concern because, as we all know, it's not just the high school kids anymore. You can fix a down class with three transfer pickups in a heartbeat, yeah, and, and all will be good. This coming spring, where likely there will be a one-time freebie transfer for everyone, you can solve your any roster problems in an even easier way. But, I mean, so this 2018 through 2020 is three classes in a row with top 50 players. And there's still a chance to make that four in a row. You know, Mac Etienne, the four-star center, is going to sign in the spring, so just hold your horses till April. Um, and there's some other guys that only could add to this class. I mean, it's not going to be in the early period because that ends in two days. I'd be very surprised, let me say, if it's in the early period. But it might not be these big names, but there's some intriguing recruits in the 2021 class. Um, R.J. Melendez, 6'7 wing, uh, originally from Puerto Rico, now plays in, in Florida. Mustafa Amzil, 6'10 wing, really. I think he's got, you know, Kind of a more of a guards game than, you know, maybe I'll say a power forwards game. Uh, originally from Finland, now playing at First Love Christian Academy in Pennsylvania. Another t- potential top fifty kid is Wesley Cardet Jr. from West Oaks Academy in Orlando. Um, seems like Alabama might be the team to beat there. It might be tough to get him out of the SEC, but he hasn't signed. Don't know that he will sign in the next two days. So there's time to get. You know, more in on his recruitment, and then there's you know a guy like Cordell Charles, Canadian big, yeah, bigger wing, kind of that Bryce Hopkins body shape, six seven, two hundred some pounds. I thought you said Canadian bacon, <laughs> bigger wing, 
He, I mean, he's from Canada. <laughs> now I'm he, hungry. I assume he enjoys Canadian bacon. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he's kind of an under-the-radar type guy because he missed all of last year with an injury. His recruitment kind of stalled, and now he's at IMG and could you know get his name out there a little more. Maybe you could see what type of recruit he is. So there's options. Yes, I will admit that not getting Brandon Weston or David Jones or Jordan Nesbitt or Bryce Hopkins or now Ty Ty Washington, it's a string of misses, and that's not necessarily a good thing, but maybe it's not a burn-the-program-to-the-ground type thing I've seen on Twitter. You know who Scott Ritchie got last week, which I thoroughly enjoyed in my Sunday News Gazette. I hope you had the chance to read it as well. He got Doug Altenberger. He got Marcus Liberty. He got D. Brown. Great idea to talk to. Corey Bradford as well. Corey Bradford talked to four folks from really good Illinois teams that were ranked high in the preseason to kind of shed some light on what that was like. Hopefully this year's team read that as well. Well, what kind of stood out as I talked with all of them is, you know, all four of their teams that you know wound up ranked in the preseason top ten, and Altenberger played on two of them in the '80s. Corey Bradford was on two of them in the early 2000s. Like the one thing that tied all those groups together was like they were experienced teams. Like they had, and with like Bradford's teams in the early 2000s, they had gone through a couple rough patches, mm-hmm. and Bill Self comes in. Mm-hmm. Gifted a pretty good, I mean, a really good roster, and this more veteran group. Mm. I mean, honestly, maybe could have won a national title with that Elite Eight game in Arizona. Corey Bradford still, I mean, said it still does that not sit well with him. Turned out to be the Big Ten's last title that year, as Michigan Up State, in Minneapolis won in two thousand. It was a talented Arizona team. They lost to, got some. Some maybe some bad calls, well, many calls. I mean, there were a thousand and fourteen fouls called that game. Foul on Arch, I think, was the sort of the phrase that has lingered from that game. It's funny we talk about that. Oh, I was there covering that real good Illinois basketball team. I think I was an eighth All right. grade. It was a great, great atmosphere. Illinois had a great, great team. Yes, they should have made the Final Four, but they. It was like the one Elite Eight game that included a team with as much talent as Illinois did, and that was Arizona. Yeah, the Arizona team was not a bunch of scrubs. I mean, right. But with all, you know those previous preseason top ten teams being experienced, so is this Illinois team, this current one. So, you know, there's you know, a chance for this team to maybe go on a similar type of run. We'll see. But, and it's maybe because veteran teams handle the expectations a little better. But it's also different now. I mean, even with you know the o four o five team, like Twitter wasn't a thing yet. There's a lot more external noise, um, a lot more external expectations. Twitter can be a very awful place. So I think there's more pressure maybe on you know a team now from the outside, but uh, we'll see how you know this group can handle it. Here's an idea. Ditch the phone for the season. Hello, Scott? Are you there? Are, is, do we have technical difficulties? I mean, I just, I'm just trying to think, one, like if I could do that. 
Well, no, because you have a job. Yeah. Right. This is not. Well, Brett Underwood has already said like he hasn't been on Twitter since October first. Mm-hmm. Sort of his smart move. His annual really annual move. You'll notice there are tweets that continue from his account. It's just not going to be him. Right. It hasn't been him. It's like, come on, Lovey is really, you're really saying that, Lovey? No. <laughs> I don't think That's I've ever neat. said Lovey Smith sent a, a tweet of his own. <laughs> no. He might have told someone maybe, hey, could you do right. this? But So. Drop the phone. There we go. Easy. Peasy. Lemon squeezy. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll okay. see if 18 to 22 year olds can. All right, Corey Bradford, you talked to, uh, liked here in Altenburger. People don't realize how good that team was, those couple teams there in the early in the Lou Henson era. Yeah, it was another team that, you know. Had those funky backboards at the assembly hall back then. Well, and also, you know, they lost in the Sweet 16 to Kentucky, you know, a team that maybe could have made a run. Bad call. And the game was in Lexington. It's another instance where, like, something happens to Illinois and like, a rule changes because after that it was like you can't, host an NCAA tournament game on your home court. And I don't know why Jim's playing the fight song. And then there's, you know, the the last time Elmo was in, in the NCAA tournament. You know, they lost to Miami on a bad call. And Did then, you just say that was their last time? <laughs> why you do that to me? I was feeling good today. Well, I mean, it's, Has it really been that long? It was 2013. It's been a while, but then that, that meant a change came where, you know, plays like that, you know, balls going out of bounds can be reviewed in the last two minutes because the referees got that one wrong in the Illinois-Miami game. So just curious how things work. I mean, so that just, I think, feeds into the grand conspiracy theory that everyone is out to get Illinois athletics, uh, which is not actually true, but has a footing, I think, in the... The crazies on social media. This would be great news if people were actually allowed to go to a game. This yeah, morning with... Um, not going to happen. Indianapolis apparently landing the bubble tournament. Yeah, the NCAA is... Fill me in. They're in preliminary talks with the state of Indiana and Indianapolis uh, itself to host the entirety of the NCAA tournament. Um Indianapolis was going to be the Final Four site anyway. Now they're going to move all of the games, at least in theory. Uh, it's not like official details haven't been hammered out about where or when, but move all the games to the greater Indianapolis metro area. Not sure what that means in terms of how far they're going to extend that, but there are an awful lot of basketball venues in Indiana where you could host an NCAA tournament game, if you needed to. Especially if there aren't going to be fans there, which might be the case even more. But, uh, you know, a bubble worked for the NBA, WNBA, NHL, uh, National Women's Soccer League. The basketball tournament was the first to make it happen and make it work. So the NCAA is going to kind of do the same. It might not be like the lockdown style bubble that the NBA had at Disney, but it'll at least be bubble adjacent with everybody going to to Indy for the tournament. Bubblicious. I mean, I think it's probably what has to happen mm-hmm. as opposed to playing in 13 other preliminary sites scattered across the country. Right. I mean, hopefully things are better by you know March and into April, but 
this is sort of putting a plan into place where you can do it either way. Maybe Illinois will participate. All right, that uh, full schedule should come out anytime soon. Well, and we're still missing the biggest chunk of it, which is the 20 Big Ten games. Right. Um, so that'll, I don't know, I imagine it'll come eventually, but there's yeah. also one more non-conference game Illinois can schedule. Haven't yet, and you know, Brad Underwood has sort of talked about this, like, the schedule they have now, the one, the games that they've released so far might not be, you know, what they wind up playing because they're, if you look at college football, games have been postponed mm-hmm. or canceled every week. So. All right. Hey, let's talk strategy, uh, Illinois basketball strategy. What does this year's roster allow them to do, maybe different than what we last remember them playing like, uh, the Iowa game, for example? What, what's going to sh- kind of turn my head a little bit? On that Wednesday opener, they're going to press. Well, I don't know that they'll do their best Bob Huggins impersonation. Okay, and West Virginia is not press Virginia anymore. Anyway, didn't know it was. Um, the one thing Andrew has talked about maybe the most is trying to find a way to play a little faster. You know, last year they. Had about 66 per possessions per game. He'd like that to be oh, yeah. closer to 75 possessions per game. And, like, they have guys that can do that. I'd assume it was the number three scorer in transition in the country last year. Um, and then you add, you know, a guard like Andre Carbello who can really push the ball, get a lead a fast break. You know, Adam Miller can get out and run. And I would imagine you'll see more of the four-guard lineups that sort of became the identity, the offensive identity towards the end of the season, you know, more this year as well. There is potential to go big if need be, if the circumstances dictate, or if that might be a two Illinois advantage. Um, you could see Kofi Coburn obviously at the five, maybe Georgie Bichonashvili at the four next to him. And then Brennan was kind of talked about this. He sees Coleman Hawkins eventually, being a three at some point in his career. You know, 6'10", 200-some uh, pounds. You might see a little bit of that now because just you know, Hawkins' ability as a passer from the wing, a passer really anywhere, you know, Brad Underwood really values. He's also a good shooter. He has that potential. And I mean, that's a, an interesting look. I'm still curious how the a Georgie Kofi front court will work. Um, at times last year, it did, and you know, a lot of that was, you know, high low game with Georgie finding Kofi on the block for a bucket. A lot of times it didn't necessarily work either, and so Georgie maybe more as a backup five. I think that same mix will probably be, you know, in place this season. But I guess to sum it up. Quicker if they can make it, with you know the the idea that they can go big as you know a change of pace. All right, you can uh, you can't go to practice right for various reasons. You couldn't go when everybody was healthy. Yeah, and like Ubin is a fort. Right, but what have you seen, Scott Ritchie, via the slick social media 
presentations offered up by Illinois Basketball. What have you seen? What has caught your eye? A lot of neat-looking plays, a few dunks. Yeah, well, kind of a combo of that and what Brett Underwood has discussed. With the two sit-out transfers, I guess I've probably always been higher on Austin Hutcherson because he is a shooter, and that's what Illinois desperately needs. But he's been limited since really the spring with you know, a back issue, and that's sort of it's not a new problem for him. He had he fractured two discs in his back in high school in a car accident um, where he was not at fault, but was was injured. So Jacob Grandison has maybe you know jumped Hutcherson in terms of the sit out transfers that could make an impact just because he's healthy and from what Brad said it has played really well. I mean I think the first thing people might think of is like that's your Kipper Nichols replacement. Um and Kipper Nichols when he was on was good. He just wasn't on consistently enough. But what makes me think Jacob Grandison could be a a real fit for what Brad Underwood likes to do is his two seasons at Holy Cross. Played under Bill Carmody. Played in a Princeton offense, which is built around cutting and moving off the ball. And Brad Underwood's spread offense relies on off-ball movement quite a bit. So he's got good size at 6'6". Physical. I think he could be an X factor for this team. And that's mostly because some other potential X factors, Austin Hutcherson, he's been obviously limited, as I said, and then Benjamin Bosman's for Donk. Same with a foot injury to his other foot, as opposed to the one that he hurt last year. And, you know, Brad Underwood said recently on, just this past week on a podcast, Deion Thomas has a new podcast. Okay. Um, Brad Underwood's first guest said, probably won't see... Bosman's for Donk until December. Um, that might just be getting him on the court in December in terms of maybe playing. I think it may even be past that. All righty, college football or college basketball extra every uh, Sunday in your News Gazette. You had a Luke Goody f- feature. You had a bad list. <laughs> uh, what was wrong with my list? Uh, I, I, what was it again? Because I was like, oh, I should text. Richie some mean things, but I didn't. It was 10 former college basketball standouts that could be second-round yeah, sleepers just, in the draft that I don't, is I, in two days. You uh, go come big or go home, right? First-rounder, you're not in my atmosphere. Yeah, a lot of second-round picks are making an impact for teams, like Fred Van Vliet. Oh, did, he Fred, even get, did he even get picked? I don't even remember. But not like, a big Fred Van Vliet. He's about to get paid. Hopefully not by... Any team I root for. Well, it'll be a mistake. That'd be too good a move for the Pistons to make. So, all right, the NBA draft is Wednesday. Uh, Any Big Ten players? Refresh my memory. Yeah, in the first round. Yeah, since that's the only round that matters, apparently. Right. Um, I just don't. Nobody catches my. I think a guy like Jalen Smith from Maryland could wind up in the the first round. I think there's a real chance that that will happen. Kind of towards the. The bottom third. You think Io and Kofi on Wednesday night are like, dang it. What was I thinking? 
I mean, I think that that might just be natural to have some of those thoughts as you see guys you you played against get selected. But in what was an unorthodox draft process, I mean, there were some some type of like virtual combine uh, draft interviews, which I think you know, Iowa would have done well in, and Kofi as well. But when they pulled their names out, like there wasn't a lot of juice on them getting either getting selected at all in, in Kofi's case, or you know being other than maybe like a early to mid rounds, mid second rounder for Io. So, I mean, there's a chance they can both really improve their draft stock in a year from now, well, less than a year from now, because I don't know that the draft will be in November again. Have a better shot, but I think yeah, I mean, it's I think it'd be natural to be like. See a guy like Jalen Smith go in the first round. Like, obviously, he played well against Illinois, but yep, it's a guy who's like I was on the court with him. Maybe I f- if I'm Kofi, he's like maybe I felt like I played well, could have played better, could have shown more, and he just went in the first round, and I didn't. All right, uh, Illinois uh, high school basketball probably not going to happen. Uh, I saw a couple Peoria Notre Dame folks uh, shifting to Merrillville. There's been a Anybody else I got to worry about leaving the state and then becoming uh, maybe more open to other suitors? There have been a lot of guys okay. that have left the state and transferred elsewhere. I mean, sort of the biggest name so far, and it's, it was an Illinois target, it was Jeremy Fears. He's a, going to be a sophomore at Joliet West, and he transferred to La Lumiere over in LaPorte, Indiana. And... I mean, he's a like an elite level prospect, and now he's not playing in the state anymore. Would have been a guy that, unless he comes back at some point, because he, he's just going to be a sophomore, would have been in the running for Mr. Basketball maybe in two or three years. I don't know if that impacts Illinois' recruitment of him, because he's not. It's not like Lalu's super far away, but further away than Juliet. And he did just pick up a Gonzaga offer. And so did A.J. Casey, uh, 2022 forward, uh, now at Whitney Young, just as a aside. But, yeah, I mean, there's been a – there's always been kind of like, you know, the top-level players in Illinois have left for other states, prep schools, elsewhere, what have you. Now it's just basketball players, just guys. So that's uh, – I, mean, I guess they're doing what they think is best for them. But uh, so you can't fault it, but it's just un- kind of unfortunate to see. All right, hopefully uh, we'll get a look at Inside State Farm Center this week. Uh, Robin Scholes, our photo editor, uh, as a ongoing series. I'll be curious to see what it looks like. I was told the the benches are going to be like the NBA bubble benches, spread out, a lot of room to maneuver. Yeah, it'll yeah. be more like a uh, state wrestling look. The the hall or the the center will be, you know, the lower. There's no many of those. No reason to pull out. No. Scott Ritchie will be covering it uh, probably from the upper deck. Brian Barnhart will be calling it from a little higher than usual. Yeah, and still testing going on at State Farm Center, so they may have to shut her off half the arena. It's a big venue, and they're not going to need all of it mm-hmm. for basketball. But yeah, it's. 
I mean, State Farm Center was one of the last places in the Big Ten where I had a seat on the floor. And does Brad Underwood get in my way sometimes in terms of seeing what's happening uh, on one end of the court? Sure. Does sitting behind Deion Thomas work out well for me all the time? No, because he's 6'8", 6'9". I mean, he's a tall human being. But in terms of hearing everything, being in the thick of things, I like being on the court. The view won't be bad from where I think they're going to put us, but it'll just be different. Of course, it'll also be quiet, so maybe I'll hear everything anyway. Yep. I want to bug you. Lauren Tate not pestering you with questions. I will say, like, when we're on the floor behind the scores table, we are literally shoulder to shoulder. So at least I, I have room to spread out my stuff. All right, pick up uh, next Sunday's paper, of course. Pick up next Wednesday's paper. I'm going to give you a little heads up. That's A, for your holiday coupons, right? For your shopping, your Black Friday. Looking like Black Friday is already going on. but Yeah, and like don't go to stores. Just shop online. Right, but still you need those coupons. Pick it up because there will be a basketball special section as well. Okay, Richie? <laughs> Get those You're learning working. about it at the same time I am. <laughs> Get those fingers working fast. All right, Scotty, uh, what else? Anything else I need to know about this week? Um, I guess one last thing. I mean, we kind of hit on the not-so-great recruiting news with right. Enough Ty Ty, Ty saying, please, no more Blue Jay talk. Bye-bye. Um, I did land in the top eight for a four-star guard in the class of 2022. Isaac McNeely, he's uh, out of Polka, West Virginia. P-O-C-A, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Uh, his top eight includes West Virginia, not a surprise, Indiana, Illinois, Louisville, Virginia, Purdue, um, North Carolina, and Kentucky. 6'4", 175 pounds, shooter, averaged 22 points per game last year as a sophomore. Um, but he, I've seen some video of him. Really good shooter, but he has a knack from Obviously, just the video I've seen from getting into the lane and finishing. So, not just a shooter. Yeah, there's. We'll end on a slightly more positive note. Illinois has been you know, after him pretty hard since um, middle of June when they could start you know, reaching out to the class of 2022 recruits directly. Excellent. Can't wait. All right. Oh, and Lovey just texted again, just said, d- double checking Richie is not covering Nebraska. Yes. He's not covering Nebraska. That's Colin Likas, 1-0. Colin Likas as a beat writer. That's it. That's I'm, all I got for you. I'm not sure the lack of success for Lovey Smith has really been my fault. But Brad Underwood also weighed in and said, keep Richie on the beat. So there's your vote of confidence okay. that you desperately needed going into this week. I mean, I really didn't. But <laughs> I guess it's nice to know that – Brad Underwood is not sending you texts about me, I'm pretty sure. All right. Follow along every morning, 6 a.m. Good morning, Illini Nation. Uh, We're almost to the season. Can't wait. See you next week, Scotty.